0: Disclosure. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. Hello, everyone. Got another great episode of the Wealth Crypto Podcast today. So, this guest has had a colleague on before, uh, but now he's on. So, I have Alex Enzer of My Crypto Advisor on. And if some of you may remember, uh, Jackie Roach, his chief communications officer, was on a couple of months back and had a great conversation with Jackie, and now get to have a great conversation with Alex. So, uh, my crypto advisor, for those who don't know, is essentially a crypto consultant. They help individuals and businesses understand the space and start operating in the crypto world that we all know and love. So uh, without much
1: further ado, let's get into it. Thanks. And we're live. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Hey, Mr. Kitty, thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. Happy to have uh,
0: another My Crypto Advisor colleague on to the show. Um,
1: yeah, I'm really i mean uh, jackie and i were both very grateful to be here especially among your uh you just have a very impressive alumni of guests that's that have been on your show yeah yeah i mean
0: it, it all happens just through networking um you know f- i mean i found out about you guys i think through rick uh so <laughs> there you go
1: you're uh yeah, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, Web3 is that the, the level of networking, even when you're hanging out in a metaverse, uh, such as Decentraland, you, you never know, you have a VC, you know, standing next to you in there. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that would actually be something we should probably talk about. I've never actually
0: been in Web3 Decentraland. So. Um,
1: but oh, for- I love it. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, I know the uh, blockchain based metaverses aren't very as popular as the Web2 brand, you know, like the Roblox and the Minecrafts. Right. but you know, I, I do love the idea that you can own the digital property that you could purchase in these blockchain-based metaverses, and even the the content that you create can be resold on a secondary marketplace.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, the gaming If you're big into gaming, that
0: might actually be something to kind of bring up, too. But let's uh, not get ahead of ourselves here. So maybe... Oh, just-
1: I'm ready to just go down the rabbit holes without even talking about myself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's give people a little background on who you are and you know what you do, and then we can dig into all the all the fun stuff.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is Alex Sensor. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of My Crypto Advisor. We are a Web3 consultancy that helps onboard uh, companies and projects, uh, basically into Web3. Um, so uh, basically, that entails. Um, everything from teaching individuals how to uh self-custody of their digital assets uh to navigating uh decentralized applications uh such as decentraland as we mentioned earlier sure. or uh, even other decentralized finance applications for that matter. Yeah. Um but yeah I mean my you know to be honest my my background's uh really everywhere a bit um I would say my interest in finance really actually started back to my grandfather who helped uh, raise me. He always had uh, CNBC running on the background and uh, a <laughs> Wall Street Journal on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, I also uh, managed, I, I you know worked in banking very briefly, uh, managed a portrait studio at one point. Uh, before quitting my safe government job about two years ago to pursue my crypto advisor full time, I actually worked on the uh, forensic unit of a uh, couple jails, so helping uh, working one on one with inmates and in groups to help them assimilate back into the community. Oh, and I also got to work with the legal teams and got to hang out. Got yelled at by a judge a few times in the courtrooms, but <laughs> um. So yeah, my I mean, again, my background's really everywhere, but my my heart's always been in the Web three space. Um, purchased my first Bitcoin uh, back in 2013. Oh, so I sap- think what? Yeah, how about you? Yeah.
0: Oh, man, my first was 17. So, you know, and sort of right of
1: the craze.
0: Yeah. And sort of crypto OG status. You definitely beat me. But um.
1: no, I mean, do you I mean, it was so basic back in the day. I mean, back in 20, you know, back in the day, Bitcoin was (laughs) the premier place for NFTs. um, And there weren't much use cases at that time. Um, But yeah, 2017. I mean, as time progressed, we saw the decentralized finance uh come into play the the nft craze and now Bitcoin's coming back full circle with uh their ordinals and uh, brc20s so there's still Mm -hmm. new innovations happening with bitcoin yeah uh, you know like over a decade later um but yeah i've been in the uh, web3 space since 2013 and you know believe it or not it was really um I've been studying uh, geopolitics and the de-dollarization trend, uh, actually going back to, I want to say, 2011. And I I think, you know, the whole the Web3 idea proposed an alternative to our current financial system. Sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, we're seeing it more in the mainstream now. You know, other uh, countries trading in, uh, you know, different currencies that may not involve the U.S. dollar. Um, but yeah, I mean, after you know the 2008 financial crisis, we had what uh, unprecedented money printing since then. Um, yeah, record low interest rates. Um, what nears? I mean, I would say this has all been near zero, but let's say near zero for eight years of you know. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I think you know, really, I think what was going on geopolitically and that trend in economics really just uh, gravitated me towards this industry and. I don't know, just uh, yeah, decentralized finance and the transparency, and just I I think it could bring a lot of just good on society. So, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, my journey to crypto is fairly similar to yours. I have a wealth management financial services background, and you know, when I first started, it was let's see, that was two thousand thirteen, and we were you know really just getting underway with like the quantitative easing and all that sort of stuff, and the money printing, and just I started you know, reading about central banks, which most people our age weren't doing. Like, and it, it just became really, I don't know, clear to me that a lot of like the financial debasement really is just this coordinated global money printing. And, you know, there are certain uh, escape hatches, historically gold, silver, you know, being one of them. But uh, crypto kind of spoke to me just, at least Bitcoin spoke to me. And that was sort of how I initially got into it as like, you know, the simple analogy of digital gold, but, you know, being transferable, All right, You can take a million dollars of crypto, you know, in a hard drive, you can't really carry around a million dollars of gold bars. I mean, you could get
1: robbed, but... <laughs> but uh Well... Good. Yeah, yeah, you remind me of the personal responsibility involved with self-custodying digital assets on those hardware wallets. Like it it is very paradigm shifting that we can hold, you know, digital assets, whether it's a token representing an ounce of gold in a Bringsfeld somewhere or, you know, cash reserves, you know, in a bank somewhere. Um, but there's a lot of personal responsibility involved too. I mean, if, you know, God forbid yeah. your house burns down, your seed phrase goes up in flames.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, the, the idea of Bitcoin having a you know a finite supply, um, unlike a lot of you know fiat currencies for that matter. Um, but you know, I'm very curious. Um, I'm I'm really fascinated with this, the the innovations with stable coins and the central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs, um, and just how they're sort of you know evolving in tandem right now. Um I think you know, one argument is like, you know, from the stablecoin point of view would you rather have uh you know the private sector have access to your data and innovate or you know with the cbdcs would you rather trust the government with that data so uh yeah. what are some of your thoughts on yeah
0: um i mean this is something i have been meaning to spend more time sort of digging into but as far as my concern with cbdcs is just um you know the orwellian totalitarian sort of concern about them and you know, at least Western governments play them down, right? you know cost of transactions will be less um you can move money faster, you know globally all those all those good things, but then you know programmable money is still programmable money, and my kind of take is we probably shouldn't even allow a government to sort of have that level of influence over what we do um to me, it doesn't really. Feel very free or democratic if a bureaucrat somewhere in the Fed can just, you know, turn off, say, your bar budget for the week and you can't go out and buy a beer. Like that seems a little extreme to me. Um, So my take is more generally just, you know, they they shouldn't have access to it. But to, to that end as well, like, you know, having a certain group of like a cartel of banks do the same thing. Like we kind of saw this with the trucking uh COVID protests in Canada last summer. Like um Canada just turned off, you know, all their financial transactions. That's not cool. Right. So whether it's a group of banks or the government doing it, I generally shy away from the idea just as a matter of principle. Um no, it's, uh... I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, you know, there there's all sorts of companies helping implement these things
1: globally already. So um yeah, I do. I, I think it's a really interesting uh philosophical debate that goes back to the the very foundation of what money is. Um Yeah. I would, you know, it you know, even, you know, I would say CBDCs are an interesting concept in one way because um, you know, in theory, you know, I mean, you could in theory disintermediate commercial banks, you know, if, you know, if all all of us just had a direct relationship uh with our central bank or with the Fed um yeah i mean which would in some ways disintermediate the middleman um but yeah yeah i mean just the whole the whole idea of this is very uh fascinating i just think it, it's very fascinating and i mean it goes back for as long as we've been using money right yeah i mean there's a book that i've
0: referenced
1: um the bitcoin standard i yeah, think yeah, yeah yeah yes yes yeah. i i enjoyed that book as well um and uh the uh the the uh Wow. I I know I I love the token economy book, but I know Jackie's always, you know, promoting that one. Yeah, as well. Um, I also, um, you know, regarding CBDCs, I'm curious, um, just the level of you were talking about programmable money. And, you know, I do imagine, you know, someday will we be receiving our universal basic incomes? Yeah. With our uh, with our CBDC, um, which would be a more uh possibly what a more efficient way of getting money into people's wallets instead of sending mailing checks to them that they never received (laughs) yeah i mean the all those things
0: i see the value of i just worry that you know and i my kind of take is that our government isn't really that representative at all to any constituency these days they seem to represent themselves more than anything else but this is all just opinion from me so um but I just worry that giving them control over, you know, something as basic as just spending money on things that are, you know, whether it's groceries or going out for drinks or vacations or whatever. Um, I just I I worry
1: about giving them the ability to do something like that. Because if you give it to them, they will keep it type thing. Um so being concerned, yeah, about, you know, there is a potential for abuse there. Who Who's going to regulate that? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, those are all, you know, valid concerns that we should be discussing. And yeah, I mean, all of this technology needs to be properly regulated at the end of the day. So
0: Yeah, and that's a fascinating thing uh, that's happening right now, too. I was uh, listening to, do you listen to Bankless at all? Yes, occasionally, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, obviously uh sec uh is suing everyone in crypto right now <laughs> uh, but and
1: unfortunately that's driving a lot of businesses offshore at the moment right because yeah you yeah.
0: see
1: yeah i mean you see with micah you see the european union you know launching regulations you see even hong kong issuing their licensing requirements um yeah i am personally yes i'm concerned about this industry you know staying relevant and keeping these talented companies in America yeah yeah, yeah. I, so this uh, there's
0: a bankless on that came out today with um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the CEO of Masari, the crypto research company and he's mm-hmm. talking about how as an industry crypto needs to start fighting the fight as far as regulation goes because his view is essentially that if if we don't, then current political climate right now is most likely going to hand down regulation that ultimately is not in the industry's best interest. Um, And his his thing is basically, yeah, we have to be in D.C. We have to be doing what SBF was doing, but we have to do it, you know, not in a fraudulent way.
1: (laughs) That, I mean, that's what I love about the idea of decentralized finance is that it can hold companies like FTX more accountable because you could view, you know, publicly on the blockchain, you know, where these funds are going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially with a lot of those uh, DeFi protocols, um, you know, such as like the lending ones, such as Aave or Compound mm-hmm. Finance. It's like, you know, you in those protocols, you deposit your digital assets as collateral to take out a loan. And then, you know it's programmable money. So if, you know, you if it gets a little too, if the threshold gets a little too low, you're automatically liquidated. Uh, whereas yeah. right now we don't you know, necessarily have those same safeguards in our uh, traditional financial industry. Yeah. I mean, the problem with FTX
0: that I think a lot of the sort of general public misses is that while they were air quotes, you know, a crypto exchange problem was, is that they were wholly centralized. Right? They were a black box with no accountability or transparency. So they did, you know, whatever they wanted to do without, you know, any sort of repercussions until the fraud collapsed, I guess. But, you know, if, if they were operating, you know, as a decentralized exchange, like, you know, that centralization corruption risk just is a lot harder to accomplish.
1: Uh, On a completely side tangent, um, I have a memory of, um, being on the FTX website and they had a customer service, uh, button and I, I clicked on it and it took me to a dead link and I I should have known there that was a sign of things to come. (laughs) (laughs) A company as large as FTX having a dead link on their homepage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, hit our chat box and then you go nowhere. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Um, but outside of like the philosophy of all this, I wanted to kind of pivot back to my crypto advisor. So before we started recording, I brought up that on your website, you've got a sort of founding philosophy about crypto trending towards Fortune 500 and institutional money managers, which, you know, is great. Like there's a space for that there. But um, my crypto advisor is more about helping everyday people, small, medium sized businesses understand Web3 Crypto DeFi. Um, how did you get there? Like, how did you start the business? And what was, I guess, like that aha moment to help people, you know, everyday normal people understand this space?
1: I mean, I think it might be my uh, my psychology background that I mentioned earlier that I've just always found uh, just that intrinsic joy in helping people. So back in 2018, when you know I founded my crypto advisor, it was literally just boots on the ground, going to coffee shops to help small businesses, people off the bus, just, just to yeah. educate them on the basics of the technology. Um, and yeah, we have that same the, yeah, that principle you saw on the, our website. It's, you know, it, you know, it has been the same, even though the, the clients have changed very much over the years. But um, sure. yeah, I mean, we believe that Web3 shouldn't be reserved for you know, Fortune 500 companies or institutional investors. It should really be for everyone. And we want to really just onboard everyone we can into Web3. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's still our goal at our, at our heart. Um, but actually the majority of clients, uh, especially during the bear market are, I would say, uh, you know, accredited investors, people with money that, um, yeah. People with money that need help with their web three brand or, uh, just getting into the space. Um, a lot of our clients in the past, um, you know, it could be, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the beauty, you know, like I mentioned earlier, of networking in this industry is that, you know, even though our goal was for everyday people, we've had the opportunity to work with, you know, CEOs across um, so many different industries. Um, Yeah. And just (laughs) the fact that we have the opportunity to, uh, like you mentioned earlier, uh, there's the Vision Conference. We're going to be able to uh, go there and do a workshop on just how to uh, mint your own NFT using uh, OpenSea. Um, sure yeah we're gonna do something called lazy minting uh so it's not gonna cost anybody gas fees until yeah. they uh you know tr- it gets transferred on the blockchain or somebody sure. buys it um but yeah just uh we offer a lot of workshops with that for people that just want to get dip their toes in the space and then we also offer you know a little more hands-on you know helping to get everyone set up you know if they need to go that route helping them get set up with their their web-free wallets, um, you know, especially, you know, we're big on best security practices, uh, you know, things of that nature. Gotcha. Okay. So how, uh,
0: like, how have you guys, I guess, evolves? Like you started, you said you started really, you know, boots on the ground, just sort of scrappy startup mentality, but it sounds like you've had a decent amount of success in, in building the business. What is, I guess, what has changed
1: since you started it? It's been... What, four years, five years or so? So it uh, feels like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess um regarding our boots on the ground where our heart is at, um, you know, Jackie and I had a wonderful opportunity to uh design a program that we called Fidgetal Learning uh, with the Salvation Army. Okay. Uh, so we were we were actually able to teach um basically, so we taught the parents, we taught the administrators at the Salvation Army. And the guardians and parents of children uh, basically how to set up their web free wallet, uh, taught them about NFTs. And then w- with the kids or with the adolescents, we were able to use uh, text to graphic artificial intelligence to mm. have them create their own artwork uh, okay. using like an ad libs exercise. Yeah. And then uh, we actually tokenized that on our end and we transferred it to the parents and administrators' digital wallet. So they have. Okay. Like a nice little, you know, artwork of their kid. Um, Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, that's like, you know, at the end of the day, that's what, you know, makes us feel good what we're doing. Um, But what's really changed about uh, my crypto advisor is just working more on projects and teams. Okay. Um, You know, the majority, you know, over the year, for the majority of our history, it was more uh, one-on-one and one-on-two consultations. Sure. Uh, for every random thing a client would ask us whether it was oh how do i you know maybe it's a degen wanting to you know purchase shiba inu before it was even on the exchanges and sure yeah like yeah. oh how do i use this centralized exchange here to buy this meme this crap coin yeah yeah <laughs> um and then um yeah or even a digital asset recovery we we've actually recovered hundreds of thousands of dollars for clients over the years that might have sent let's say um Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of digital assets to the incorrect wallet address, but it was still a wallet they owned. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so things of that nature. Um, but now it's more helping to onboard a team and getting them ready to launch their brand in the Web3 space. Uh, so that's what's okay. changed a little bit. And then also pivoting more. Uh, we're doing more workshops now. So just... Um, okay. You know, offering our knowledge to a wider range of people at the same time, so okay, interesting. Um,
0: so so it kind of sounds like you guys have evolved more into almost like a branding sort of marketing consultancy in a way for like you said, launching Web3 brands. What exactly does that mean?
1: Uh, more of the backend, so um, okay. again, getting them set up getting them set up not only on the uh, software hardware wallets that they may need to manage their brand. Sure. But also teaching them how to use uh, different centralized applications. So whether it's, um, you know, help setting up their um, Gnosis safe uh, so they have a treasury for their for their brand. Um, okay. Helping them to actually, you know, hold their hand while they... Well, well, whether it's deploying a smart contract for an NFT collection or if they actually just want to... Launch an nFT collection, so you know holding their hand through the marketplace, um, so yeah, all things uh, more of that nature okay, so it's
0: more kind of on the infrastructure of like here's how you set this thing up, here's how you accept payments in crypto
1: yeah that, yeah that is, that, is as that as well that as well, yeah, so uh, okay. getting everybody um, just teaching them the language of web three getting them self sufficient in the space, or even just helping them with just a lot of the different you know we do a lot of research for clients that will provide to them um yeah, I mean it's like, oh well, maybe someone comes to us, they're, you know, how do I where do I even start to launch a DAO? So then it's, you know, helping them okay. to get get them in the direction of the proper, you know, legal team or getting them in the direction of the right applications they might need to adopt, you know, whether it's um, you know, snapshots so their community can do um, you know, like decentralized voting. Sure. Um, yeah, different different things of yeah, that nature. Okay. So you're kind of like a Swiss army knife, I guess of all things web three. <laughs> we are a Swiss army knife. We are, we are working that though, working on that though. That's why, yeah. you know, I love Jackie is, you know, she's wonderful with the messaging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Jackie's uh, Jackie has a wonderful big picture vision of the space and she's a great public speaker and, When I talk, it's, I, you know, I I get a little bit in the weeds, which is very, yeah, it's very Swiss armor, armory, yeah, 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 (laughs) Swiss army, it it definitely is, um, but that's the beauty of Jackie, I mean, she'll, oh, no, it's just, she'll sum up everything I said in maybe three wonderful (laughs) Yeah, she does have that comms background, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Whereas I like to, again, I'm boots on the ground, I'm being there, you know, just, you know giving those clients a hug when they need it. So. Sure.
0: Yeah. So what are, uh, what are some of the more, I guess, sort of interesting projects you guys are working
1: on now? If you, if you can, you know, um, uh, I know I, yeah, I know I get a little caught in the the NDA part of it all. Sure. But, yeah. We definitely don't need the lawyers looking at this, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've had the opportunity to speak on a few, um, a few projects, uh, related to, uh, the carbon markets um okay. and conservation uh it's yeah surprisingly we actually have a lot of uh projects reach out to us with uh conservation related goals in the space interesting okay um yeah because i mean what's really fascinating about the blockchain is that you can you know it's a it's a ledger a public ledger that you could you know you create uh digital representations of anything and track it whether it's you know supply chain so whether it's a piece of food you purchased at walmart and seeing where you know the providence of that on the blockchain or if yep. it's maybe even a carbon credit for that matter okay um, and also um like a token we have a very interesting uh potentially a, a token project in in the works as well uh, okay with the launch of a token that we're looking forward to getting out there so okay did the energy Kind of stuff the
0: carbon credit stuff did that surprise you and like were you looking to get in sort of this sort of conservation type of a space or did these projects just kind of you know show up on your lap
1: we get a lot of yeah I, I you know i guess this is your swiss army knife approach it's like we get a lot of you know random projects in the inbox so it's like you know maybe one company they're like oh we want to put gold on the blockchain and then you know, another company might, you know, we've had a lot of companies that just want to launch a, a payment token. Sure. Um, you know, that's another thing about the space, too. Like, we have so many uh, projects that come to us and they they want to launch an NFT collection because they think it's a get-rich-quick scheme. And yeah, yeah. And a lot of these individuals don't realize that there is a lot of sweat equity involved in launching an NFT project. And it's... yeah. You know, just because it's an NFT, it doesn't guarantee it's successful. I mean, like wh- any Web2 brand, yeah. you know, you, you got to build your audience, build your brand, communicate. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, how,
0: how, if you have so many projects coming at you, how do you sort of sift through what is real and what's not? Because, you know, like you said, there's certainly a lot of people looking to get rich quick.
1: Well, we offer... Um, actually i think generally so uh we offer 15-minute discovery calls for free um and then a lot okay. of these a lot of the times um i i would say even during like an hour consultation when a team meets with us we could generally you know at least see the direction they're going to go in um and you know maybe how viable the project is uh because a lot of the people coming to launch these projects they're maybe not even aware you know they've never even purchased cryptocurrency on an exchange so mm-hmm. they. They don't even, you know, they just, you know, unfortunately, maybe they heard on the news that, oh, this crypto's popped. And it's interesting. Yeah, I heard about this Peppy coin and, you know, I want (laughs) to. But it's like, you know, just educating them on the realistic expectations. And, you know, a good thing about the projects, too, that, you know, since Jackie and I offer workshops now is that, you know, the workshops are a good just introduction to Web3, whether it's, you know. Yeah. The basics of crypto exchanges, the basics of, you know, setting up a MetaMask wallet, you know, lazy minting an NFT on OpenSea, you know, then, you know, connecting your wallet to a metaverse so you can immerse yourself in the metaverse. So just sort of helping to inspire people to, you know, dream big in the space.
0: And do you get people kind of from all walks of life who are interested in just whatever crypto may be? or do you kind of see certain profiles of people and businesses or?
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it could be CEOs of companies all over the world because this, you know, Web3, it's the third generation of the Internet. So this this infrastructure that's being built right now touches everyone, regardless of, of who you are. Uh, so, yeah, we see it's it's wild the types of people we've had the opportunity to work, just work with over the years. That's huh, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Um What what do you think is next for you guys? Like you've been around for a while. Uh obviously the space is continuing to evolve. Have you like, do you guys have sort of a a vision for where you want to be? Like do you wanna be like a McKinsey or a KPMG of Web3 Consulting or Yeah, if they wanna buy us out, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um actually I'm I'm we're hoping to actually leverage artificial intelligence for some new product offerings. So, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, because, I mean, that's artificial intelligence is, uh, you know, part of Web3, and we would love to be able to offer a level of artificial intelligence solutions um, to some of our prospective clients. So, do you have, I mean, if you're willing to share, do you have kind of like a
0: broad out, like sort of vision of what? These AI crypto blockchain solutions would accomplish for your clients. Uh, like, do you see enough of a similarity to amongst all your, I guess, prospects and clients to launch
1: like a product in this space? This we're looking to use artificial intelligence in novel ways with the blockchain because, um, sort of, like we mentioned earlier. Um, well, I mean, you know, as they always say, uh, data is the new oil. Sure. Yeah. Right. So uh, to be able to apply artificial intelligence. You know, with the data on the blockchain, I, I think that would be a very uh, fascinating use case in a, in a lot of ways. So, Gotcha. OK. Yeah. I'm, yes, I know. I'm being so yeah, vague. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You're answering my question, but you're you're really not. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, there's uh, there's a lot of ways you could go, I'm sure, with like that
1: level of. um
0: sort of I mean of what people yeah I think do. a lot of
1: companies need to start not only thinking about I mean our AI is a part of web3 and you know sure. but you you really do have to to stay relevant in the space I think you really have to think about how you know how how does your company plan on adopting artificial intelligence how do you plan on having your your brand in web3 um you know a lot of companies that have been successful with NFTs have actually been the you know the traditional web two companies that I mean, you know, it's not only that they already have the established brand, but they're they're using NFTs to sort of maybe enhance their product offerings in a way. Um, i not sure if you saw, uh, like, so Starbucks is using the Polygon uh, blockchain for their loyalty rewards program, which is another, you know, use case for this technology. Um, but right now, Starbucks has, you know, they basically have two parallel uh, loyalty rewards programs going yeah. on simultaneously
0: yeah yeah um do you, do you kind of think that every like every brand is going to have to make this transition to web three or will people still operate the web two infrastructure and be more or less fine
1: it's such i mean it's it's definitely not going to happen overnight. Um, you know, I always compare this industry to the internet in the nineties um yeah. So, yeah, I'm old enough to remember AOL and be in those chat, those seedy chat yeah. rooms of yeah. AOL and some Messenger with those creepy yeah. people. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, I, I get those vibes, when, yeah, especially when I'm in the metaverse. I just get, you know, it's like when you're in the metaverse, you know, most you of these metaverses to? aren't graphically <laughs> impressive. It's not yeah. user friendly. It's clunky. Um, and I mean, same thing with the Internet in the 90s. It was slow, not user friendly funky um but I, I couldn't imagine you know 30 years later that i would be on this call with you just yeah advocating. um yeah like you can't foresee the innovation that that lies ahead sure. and i think you know they refer to this moment as the fourth industrial revolution and yeah i mean how will the evolution of web3 and just artificial intelligence you know look 30 years from now um yeah I, I know there's a lot of, you know, concern about, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, disintermediating people. But I also think it gives a lot of uh, people opportunity that, you know, I, th- I think individuals that have the vision, but, you know, they didn't have the capital or the network to build their company. Um, I, I think now thanks to AI, it sort of actually in a lot, of, in some ways, it actually empowers people to create these big visions that maybe they didn't necessarily have the capital or the network to build. So.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I've mentioned this on other podcasts about coming across an article about how AI could enable um, your first sort of like solo billionaire or you know very small team billionaire uh, shop. And it's, I mean, I use ChatGPT to help do some basic uh, you know social media posting and stuff, and it's it's very basic. But I'm sure with time you could get to a point where. I mean, I bet you could even do this now. If you ask, like, ChatGPT to assemble the best free softwares to promote, you know, a show, I'm sure it would come up with some ideas that, I mean, even I haven't considered. Um,
1: well, my brother was using it to create a new brand just for, you know, give me ideas for a name. And I'm like, oh, these these names are pretty clever. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, people are, you know... It's also, you know, it's it's allowing people to code as well. Well, yeah, that's the other part of it, too, is, like, I I mean, I can assemble
0: some integrations and sort of piece together, you know, like an automation software to a Google Sheet to my CRM through Zaps. Like, that's that's fine. But I'm not actually coding anything. Um, but I wonder if there's a point now where I could tell ChatGPT just to code something in Python. Like some little widget that i might need who knows um
1: you can find time and i think that's the other concern also it's like if you could find time in the day to not only like learn the specific ai tool but like how to leverage it for your company or a new company um you know that's the other thing too like you know between people with you know families and working full time um how are they gonna you know they gotta take the time to learn these tools to apply it to their business yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my wife and I actually just had
0: our first kid. We have, our daughter is almost two months old. So, uh, we are learning how to navigate being parents and what time management means. It's definitely uh, a challenge. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I bet I could ask ChatGPT to create a calendar for me to, you know, optimize our time throughout the day in regards to certain goals. Um,
1: create a bedtime story to read. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> Or like uh, teach my teach a you know a two year old or a three year old how like what the basics of uh, um, you know blockchain and NFTs and stuff like
1: that are. Have have here's a good idea you know have the AI help you create a children's book um, about blockchain to help educate you know people that are a few years, yeah. years old. Yeah. Because um, again, now if you're a you know maybe you know me yeah me personally I. I I don't paint. You know, I am a photographer, but I, I don't sure. I don't know how to paint. Yeah, but thanks to Chat GPT or uh, thanks to tools like Stable Diffusion or Mid Journey, I'm able yeah. to create cel, you know artwork that looks like Salvador Dali made it. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see like how people become or elevate their creativity now that you know you you know text to paint or text to digital art or whatever is is a thing it'll be interesting to see what people do with this stuff. Um, and I guess the second part of that is whether or not it actually will displace people from working. Right. It might just enable people to do different things like, um, you know, internet enabled, like for me, my day job is software sales like that didn't exist 50 years ago.
1: So, you know, yeah, it creates all new industries, all new opportunities. Um I I really think like web3 is going to help um yeah I mean just think about how this technology is going to touch everyone's lives um like the uh, the World Bank back in 2021 their uh, FinDex report reported that there are around uh, 1.4 billion adults who are unbanked mm-hmm. uh, worldwide so those you know those are people without checking accounts or uh you know accounts with credit unions and surprise Surprisingly, the, the U.S. accounted for 5% of the unbanked globally. Um, so a developed country like the U.S. Uh, still yeah. has un- unbanked citizens. Um, but yeah, what I really love about this technology is that anyone with a mobile phone or internet connection could, in theory, you know, you could have a, have a wallet, you know, software wallet on your phone and you could hold digital assets and it'll allow these unbanked individuals to participate in the economy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the fascinating story you always hear is out of like Africa about how, you know, most of the continent is essentially unbanked and doesn't have access to loans and checking and savings and accounts and all those types of things. But they're using, you know, the old school like brick Nokia phones to conduct digital asset business. It's. it's I hear pretty- those dumb phones are making a comeback. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They'll be a little bit smarter, but. Um, But yeah, it's, it's cool. Like I was reading an article the other day about some DeFi protocol that was enabling lending to uh, these women sort of entrepreneurs. And I think it was South Africa, if I remember correctly, but um, the payback on the loans was something like 95 plus percent. And, you know, these are micro loans to people who argue probably have no real sort of credit or lending history. but
1: now they could be entrepreneurs and create things and yeah
0: yeah it's it's cool like um i mean we don't i don't think we think about it too much here in the US because or a lot of western countries because we do have pretty good payment rails and access to financial services and products and we kind of take it for granted but you know most of the world doesn't have access to these things so it'll be interesting to see kind of you know what unfolds in our lifetimes in regards to where innovation comes from and what it looks like
1: that's that's really well said. I, I think that's why we see, um, yeah, a lot more of the uh, developing countries uh, adopting this technology. I mean, I think this is why we see countries like El Salvador allowing you to pay for your <laughs> McDonald's and Pizza Hut, you know, with yeah. Bitcoin Lightning Network. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw their, uh,
0: they're getting close to firing up their volcano powered uh, Bitcoin mining. That sounds very sustainable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if the volcano uh, erupts irregularly or with some consistency, maybe.
1: um, There goes the network. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Um, That's the beautiful thing of, you know, the Bitcoin blockchain is that you have computers running this network all over the world. So even if, you know, an EMP took out the Internet for 99% of the population, you know, at least as long as 1% is still running the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. Um, not to mention, um, I'm not sure if you've ever looked into Blockstream. They have satellites. They have oh, satellites no. that are running the Bitcoin blockchain. So uh, uh, out in space, I've not. Yeah, uh, out in space. So that's, that's pretty cool. Once we start colonizing other planets, you know, we'll have yeah, it'll, to Yeah, and it'll be
0: streamed to you by Twitter and Starlink. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. Right. Like I, I kind of stop and think about that sometimes just like, particularly now that I'm a father, like what is the world going to look like in 30 years? Like, is my daughter going to go to college? Will she need to go to college? Like what?
1: What will she put on her Apple headset? and yeah. Do an immersive yeah.
0: college from the living room. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of the Apple launch? Did, uh, that sort of hit or miss with you
1: you know okay so that's, that's funny <laughs> so you know initially I, I was i was an apple fanboy back in the day you know during my college years yeah and you know steve jobs died and i just never felt that innovative magic i mean they, it took them how long to have widgets um yeah yeah so yeah i actually i just went back to uh, to Windows, but you know, I think the past year uh, Apple has been piquing my interest again. Um, yes, this headset does look like scuba gear, and it, it has a better one. than
0: others out on the market, though. Yeah, I mean,
1: but it's it it's almost like when we owned an iPod Generation One. So, I mean, again, yeah, I actually think Apple's going to help make this technology mainstream. I mean, I love the idea that you could not only You know, the augmented reality aspect of it, but then you could choose to do the, oh, you're now you're in VR. So it's not like wearing that, you know, clunky. Yeah. Oculus. um. Yeah. (laughs) My simple take
0: is like, oh, at least I can see that I'm not going to run into a
1: wall. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and when you're tuning out your wife, you, you know, they can yeah, see yeah, that yeah. it's like blurry there. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: that's uh she she probably won't listen this far into the podcast. So that's probably a safe. Oh, uh, she's still listening? That's yeah. nice. Um here she and there shows up to your concerts. Here, yeah. I mean this this has actually been a year in and it's been um I've done more podcasts in the last couple of months than I have at any clip now, which is I guess good and bad because it presents new challenges in in that sort of
1: time management. Uh Thing that I'm dealing with yeah I just sleep less yeah yeah, um now you need to keep moving forward you you've had like I mentioned earlier such an impressive range of guests on your show yeah, I appreciate that it's it's been it's honestly been a bit of a
0: surprise, right um I kind of started this with some buddies as first guests and you know was able to i guess just get lucky um I mean, I think the big turning point really was having Rick Edelman on. And to Rick's credit, I don't know if you've done a podcast with Rick or or met him personally. Um, I just reached out on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what it's about." And you know, obviously, Rick is very invested in the space, and he was like, "Yeah, let's schedule it." I mean, it did. His schedule's busy, so it did take a couple of months to 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 get him it's on. Such a
1: privilege to yeah, just to get him for a for a block of time yeah um, yeah i'm really yeah i'm just really grateful i feel like life has just come full circle in a lot of ways just having an opportunity to speak you know at a conference where he's going to be the keynote speaker with uh congressman McHenry and the sec um That'll yeah be i fun. mean it's sort of like i said earlier just you know just i started yeah i mean you know started from nothing just you know Reading Wall Street journals on the table as a kid and just being able to be in the same room and just to be able to yeah meet with Rick Edelman. It's just it's it is such a privilege that I'm actually, you know, just very grateful of our it's very humbling in a lot of ways. Um, we're also actually going to have the opportunity to do his uh, to do to, to the POAP drop for the uh, NFT or uh, for the FP Vision Conference. Yeah. Have you ever uh, gone down the Poap rabbit hole at all?
0: No, I have not.
1: Uh, Let me let me write it down. What
0: what is that Poap?
1: Just uh, it's it's like a modern day ticket stub on the blockchain. Oh, blockchain type functionality. Uh, So a lot of events will issue uh, Poaps to to attendees of the event. Yeah. And I mean, you could later add functionality to the Poap in the sense of like like token. Yeah, um you could like token gate your Shopify channel. Um I think we okay. could token gate the Zoom meeting, even um so you know, functionality like that. But yeah, so basically it gives
0: access to ex- like exclusivity, certain deals, certain events type thing.
1: Yeah. And um yeah. what's cool about the POAP or spe- yeah, even specifically for this event is that um uh the attendees are gonna be able to just tap their phone on an NFC capable device and then mm-hmm. to receive their POAP. Yeah. Uh what I do love about the Poap ecosystem is that um when you receive a Poap, you could reserve it with your email address. Okay. Until you're ready to download, let's say, a MetaMask wallet and then to- Okay. Well, that's good cuz uh I'm, you
0: know, a lot of people are still not, you know, on a hot wallet yet, right? People everyone uses email.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think yeah. I think, um, again, like I was saying earlier about how web two companies are making it easier because there are, um, I think they call it, yeah. Wallet as a service like uh, Coinbase or Crossmint or, uh, magic. Uh, some of these companies allow, you know, it starts with email. Oh, they'll, they'll actually custody your assets for you in sure. your wallet. And then when you choose, you can transfer them out. Yeah. And I think that will be a way, you know, in and- this little uh, step to mainstream adoption to make it that user friendly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when is the conference? That's coming up in like a week or two, isn't it?
1: Right. Uh, five more days.
0: <laughs> oh, five days. Okay, so it's it's. uh yeah. a lot of work over
1: here yeah 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 let
0: me see i mean a couple people have asked me if i was going this year um
1: i know i heard you tell jackie you're not going which you know disappoints me yeah
0: well next year it'll be on my calendar for sure um hopefully it'll be in austin
1: too i haven't been back to austin in a while
0: um
1: austin's my first time in austin do you have any recommendations oh You know, I only went once for a conference years
0: ago. So I was was all the only thing I did was I was inside the conference center, and then we did a night out on on Sixth Street downtown, which is nuts, by the way. Um, We were there on like. Funny, what
1: is the Sixth Street everybody keeps telling me about? Yeah, it's might be too old for that, but (laughs) yeah. Oh no, no,
0: it's it's a great time. Um, But a college buddy. The only thing that I would recommend you is um, a college buddy uh from back in the day runs a bar called the roosevelt room out there and he's very big in mixology cocktails he's i mean he's been rated one of the best bartenders in america so um but his bar is fantastic um it's kind of speakeasy feel but it's you know it's fun you do need a reservation so if you're interested um I mean, I'd be happy to reach out and see if if he's got spots available. But uh, the Roosevelt Room is fantastic. Um, It's a really good time. So
1: I will put that on my bucket list. So yeah,
0: yeah. That's the only thing that I could that I could give you. Other than that, like Sixth Street is nuts. Um, Somebody told me there was a delicious donut place
1: on Sixth Street.
0: Yeah, like that's so Um, random. (laughs) I mean, I do want to go to Austin to go to Joe Rogan's comedy. uh, Comedy spot, um mothership. So might be something. Can to check. you interview
1: can you get on his show? Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that that would be something. Some um, rabbit holes you could go down
0: with him. Oh my god. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh <laughs> it'd be uh have to be careful on you know what you say on something like that for sure. But uh the whole yeah. world watching. Yeah, right. I mean uh I, I have been meaning to to get do like my own sort of guest circuit. Like I've had a lot of guests on my show. Um I think in terms of just more viewers and a more diverse set of viewers, it'd be good to do other people's shows. So I've been meaning to start
1: to figure that out. But yeah, Jackie and I have the uh, my crypto cast. Um yeah. yeah, I'm sure we would always love to have you on and yeah, yeah, happy to do it. Um just like another set of projects, which I'm sure you're I know. I feel like you're gonna work already and we yeah. have a kid now, but yeah, no, yeah. I will keep that in mind. And I, again, I'm I'm so grateful to uh, be here with, with you today and go down a bunch of rabbit holes. So. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: <laughs> we uh we didn't even get into the metaverse side of things, which I, the gaming side, but um maybe we can do that on another one here.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. I I Yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about in the space. So yeah, Yeah, it touches every industry. Um, But yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you again for having having me here. Um, For anyone that wants to uh, check out my crypto advisor, uh, just please check out our website at mycryptoadvisor.com. And yeah, cool. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Um, Shall we leave it there, Alex?
0: I think I think we did it. Let's call it a day. All right. Cool. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming.